Welcome to Eventive Entrepreneurs, the podcast for business inspiration, featuring innovative entrepreneurs sharing their stories, best practices, and actionable tips, sprinkled with my favorite topic, event planning advice to build community and grow your business. I'm your host, Sarah Brush. Let's get this party started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I think you are really going to enjoy this episode. Our guest is Christopher Healy. He is the founder and director of The Secure Entrepreneur, a security management consulting firm who helps entrepreneurs and small business owners improve their fiscal health by changing their habits to eliminate risk and reduce their exposure to fraud. Healy is a Texas licensed private investigator and former special agent with the Department of Homeland Security, who has more than 15 years of experience in federal law enforcement. As a top secret clearance holder conducting large-scale multi-defendant investigations and high-risk tactical operations domestically and overseas. Hey, Christopher, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. I know we connected in Chris and Lori's Fast Foundations. Yes. I'm really excited to just share your story with everybody. You are a special agent. You've been a private investigator, and now you are going into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, Well, so my background uh, for the last 15 years has been working for the federal government. Um, I've been a special agent with Department of Homeland Security, and I am leaving, transitioning out of that job over the next, I'm not sure when this will air, but... um, in early 2022, I'm, I'm on my way out the door. So, uh, and I'm starting my own consulting firm, which has already been on the books, but is actually being launched full time. Um, but I, as far as entrepreneurship is concerned, I've been a part of my wife's business um, going back about 12 years now. Um, and that started out as um, kind of an accident. We were uh, long distance athletes, we were uh, runners and triathletes, and we started coaching other people. Uh, and then it grew over time to coaching thousands of runners across their first finish line from 5K all the way up to Ironman. Um, and then she grew this tremendous um, personal training and nutrition business and high six-figure earning business out of that. Over the, it's really over the last couple of years, she's really kind of put um, you know, nitrous in the tank and uh, has really taken off. And that's allowed me the opportunity to step away from my uh, my job and launch my own my own business as well because of her success. So I've had my toes in the water for a, for a little while as kind of the silent partner in that coaching business. Um, and now it's kind of an opportunity for me to jump in on my own. That's exciting. I need to start following her too, because I didn't know that your wife was doing all of those amazing things. Yeah, it's uh, on Instagram. She's at my coach Lacey and she is um, tremendous. She works a lot with um, her kind of niche is, is women over the age of 35, mothers mostly, um, you know, women who are trying to get back into fitness and trying to kind of reestablish their kind of their baseline after, um, you know, putting other people's needs first for a lot of years. So uh, that's kind of that's that's kind of her niche. And she's got a very, very devoted audience, very popular audience and some great coaches working with her. So um, it's, it kind of grew organically. We've made a lot of mistakes along the way. We didn't really know how to transition from an in-person business to an online environment to, um, you know, subscription services and trying to figure out how to market and all that stuff. And so watching her do all of that and learn and grow and have the success that she's had has been just tremendous. So she's, she's a fun follow for sure. 
Well, we'll definitely put her information in the episode notes too. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. Ash, I'm sure that whole process too has just helped so much to figure out like how you're going to set up your business and have you, because I know you're kind of in the early stages of getting it launched. Has anything yeah. really surprised you or been really challenging like up until this point? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, and going back to 2010, 11, when we started the coaching stuff, um, I mean, we, you know, stepped in landmines all the time and, you know, you're constantly uh, learning the market and learning your place in it, learning how to price, you know, everybody makes those mistakes about racing to the bottom on price and not charging what you're worth and, you know, not recognizing your value. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're working, you're trading time for money and the, you know, the amount of work that you're putting into this to get this very, you know, small amount of return is just crazy. And you, you wonder, how do you make this work? And so, um, you know, for me, the lessons learned from that have carried on over time and they've, um, you know, they, they're with me today. Um, and for me, really where I saw an opening to be of service to entrepreneurs, especially people in the online environment, was watching these folks, especially in the health and fitness industry where my wife is, uh, her business is focused, that are very young entrepreneurs, people in their 20s, people in their, you know, early to, to, uh, to mid 20s that are fresh out of college, they've never worked for a Fortune 500 company, they've never had that experience in corporate America, and all of a sudden they're like making a quarter million dollars to a half a million dollars out of nowhere, hiring people, hiring contractors and building these businesses, and they don't know the first thing about how to build a team, how to structure a team, and how to protect themselves. And as I was watching this happen, as my wife was taking on business clients and coaching some of those folks as well, I just kept you know, my, my eyes are big as saucers. I was just like, my gosh, these people are just about to be victimized and they don't even know it. And so from my background as an investigator who works on fraud cases, I saw this, this real opportunity to educate and help people in that marketplace. So, um, so for me, I, I fortunately had the, you know, the opportunity to watch her and kind of see some of the pitfalls she's gone through and some of the pitfalls her clients have gone through. And it's, it's hopefully been a cautionary tale as I'm stepping into the entrepreneurship uh, full-time. Yeah. And can you share a little bit about your vision for your business? Sure. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's 100% about um, helping people keep more of what they make. Uh, it's about changing people's fiscal mindsets and changing people's attitudes towards fraud, towards their vulnerability, uh, and becoming more um, aware. It's really, it's 99% of the cases that I've worked over time, the, the um, cases involving large-scale scammers, uh, fake call centers set up in India and China and other places that are preying on Americans via telephone. It's all psychology. It's very rarely that people are getting scammed actually because of technology. They're almost always getting scammed because somebody reaches out on the other end of a phone uh, and has a very good way of communicating and separating you from your money because they're just so professional and so good at what they do. So um, the vision of my business is to, is to get in front of that. I've spent 15 years um, trying to get justice for people who have been victims of, of these scams. I want to be on the front end and prevent people from becoming victims in the first place. And when I see small business owners, people who are um, making this kind of money and having this sort of impact in people's lives, the last thing I want to see is those people losing the ability to make that, that impact. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How that's so needed. And I feel like it's very unique. Like I don't hear a lot about businesses doing that. Have you found yeah. that when you've kind of been starting to develop it? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I think every time I talk to people about this, 
Um, and again, the, the health and fitness industry tends to be where I've, I've been uh, just because of my background and my wife's background. But as I've talked to people about this, they just kind of eyes get open and they think, yeah, you know, I, I've never actually met any of my employees. This is a decentralized business. I've got employees yeah. all over the country and they've got access to my everything. And, you know, and you start talking to them about, well, do you have policy? Do you have procedures? What do you have in place? What are you using for service as a uh, software as a service? And what are you using for payment processing? And how do you deal with client information? And how are you ensuring that, um, you know, the people that you're dealing with are legitimate and nobody knows. And, they, and, and so I start talking to them about those things and uh, it, it, it's eye-opening. And, and the way I look at it is I think, you know, when you have a hole in the tub, water's coming out on the floor, uh, you know, no matter how much you're pouring into that tub, you're still, you know, you're, you're creating quite the mess on, on the other end and, and uh, you've got to fix that hole in the tub. Um, so that, that to me is, is what it is. It's about educating and just letting people know, like, this is, this is what's out there and this is how you can create a more vigilant mindset. Yeah. And what are some of those top like tips that you would give to somebody to make sure that they're, you know, have their businesses secure? I, I tell people all the time, smart people get scammed. Um, folks always think about victims of these, of these telephone scams, these email scams, especially. And they think that's never going to happen to me because I'm, you know, very smart. I'm an entrepreneur. I, I've built this, you know, multi six figure, seven figure business. I'm, I'm, you know, this, this incredibly intelligent person. You're right. You are. Um, but the more you're engaged in the online marketplace, whether that's as a customer, whether that's as a, uh, as a business person, a salesperson, the more opportunity there is for you to become a victim because you're interacting with more people. And what I tell people is that the scammers that are out there that are separating smart people from their money are professionals in the same way you are. So if you think about how good and smart you are at what you do and how much time and effort you put into becoming an expert at that and becoming smart and good at what you do, that's what they're doing. Uh, and, and their job that they're excellent at, their professionals at, is creating a psychology to get you under the ether and get you to believe what they're saying. Um, I compare it a lot to sales. And I'm not you know, a sales expert, um, but the techniques are very similar. It's finding that emotional component in the conversation that you can exploit, finding the psychology that you can exploit to get somebody to trust you, um, whether that's talking about uh, oh, you have kids and, you know, having that, that conversation to get somebody on board and recognize that, yeah, you know, and understand my problems. And then you're offering the solution to the problem. It's exactly like sales. And so these people are very, very effective at what they do. They're very good at what they do. And people who are involved in, especially online businesses, um, you know, who are interacting with people in non-traditional ways, you're not meeting and having a sales meeting and shaking hands and sitting down for lunch, like we used to do. Um, you know, you are far more vulnerable than you think. And so my, my tip is slow down, uh, slow down. Don't ever feel pressured to jump into a situation where you've got to act now with urgency. You've got to act now uh, with immediacy. Slow down, take your time uh, and do your homework on, on people that you're going to do business with and interact with. Yeah, I think that's just a really great way to put it that they are like an expert in their field. I mean, you usually try yeah. to think about, you know, oh, they're just scammers and, you know, they're not going to get me. But like you said, like that is right. their expertise. <laughs> my most of my victims, I deal a lot with um, telephone scams, and that's kind of been my my ballywick for the last 10 years or so. And mostly with India based call centers that are some of the most prolific scammers that do the Amazon refund scams and the government impersonation scams and things of that nature. And the vast majority of my 
victims. It, it impacts victims from you know from their 30s to their 70s, but the average age of my victims is 73. And the average, believe it or not, the average um, job is healthcare related. Nurses, doctors, people who have a lot of money, people are very intelligent and they're losing a quarter million dollars, um, a half a million dollars to these sorts of telephone scams. And you, you wow. would think, how does that happen? It, it, because busy people, smart people fall victim to these things as well. Uh, and these guys are good. They're very, very good. Yeah. And you mentioned about, you know, just the workforce and how, you know, a lot of people have virtual assistants or your employees are not, sure. you know, obviously in the office together. So yes. are there other like advice that you would give around just like managing your, I guess, your workforce and your team to be as safe sure. as possible? Yeah. Doing your due diligence, um, you know, when you're putting work out there, whether it's on Upworks, whether you're hiring somebody and bringing somebody on full time or somebody as a contractor, check your references. Um, if you want to, now every state's different. Um, a lot of folks will hire someone like me who has a uh, private investigator license and has access to different databases um, you know, that we pay for and license uh, to do due diligence and background when they're hiring somebody. So to assist with some of those human resources applications where if you're the small business owner and you don't have time um, to thoroughly vet somebody that you're thinking of bringing in and, and providing access to um, some of your financials, some of the sensitive uh, customer information in your business, you can bring somebody on who's a private investigator, somebody on who um, has that sort of background and skill set. And depending on what the rules are in your state, that person can say, okay, based on the rules for where this person is going to work, this is how we're going to conduct this background investigation. And we're going to make sure that this person's vetted before they're brought on board. You can bring in someone like myself um, to talk about policy, to do onboarding, uh, to do human resources type stuff. One of the nice things in, in my background, having been with um, Homeland Security for 15 years, is I've had the opportunity to do internal affairs investigations for a good portion of my career. So um, folks talk to me about bringing on people and having high risk, um, you know, when they have high risk issues with human resources, with terminations, things like that. That's one of the services that my company provides is assisting with onboarding and uh, offboarding, off terminating yeah. uh, employees that, that need to go. So, uh, and with helping with the training process and the policy process. So finding a competent professional that can fill in those gaps so that you can focus on your business and running your businesses is hugely important, whether that's somebody with an HR background or somebody like me with an investigations background. Yeah, that's a really good point because it isn't just, in, you know, checking them out and doing their background check. It's really like what policies and procedures you have in place and sure. having someone like you come in, like that would be so beneficial. We do a lot of, um, you would call it red team um, uh, work where essentially you come in, a company hires and says, hey, help me find my vulnerabilities. Help me find where I'm at risk. Uh, help me identify mitigation procedures to patch up that risk and create a more secure environment. And so interviewing employees, interviewing contractors, having those conversations is where it all begins because people don't know their risk and their vulnerabilities because they're seeing their, their business with blinders on oftentimes. You know, their primary concern is bringing customers in the front door, giving that great customer experience, making sure that they're serving the people that are paying them money. And that's the entrepreneurial spirit, right? You're, you're providing a service. You want to provide something that's going to make somebody come back to you and spread the word about you. And where we fail oftentimes as entrepreneurs is we are not intrapreneurs. We're not the people who work within the business and understand the, the way the business is structured and runs. 
And we oftentimes don't talk to those people in our business about that because they see you as the entrepreneur and the owner. And, you know, you're not saying, hey, give me a no BS assessment about how I'm running this place, right? So bringing in somebody with a fresh set of eyes from the outside who can look at them and say, this is where you're vulnerable. This is what I see as somebody coming in with an expertise in fraud. This is what I see your business's greatest risks are. And this is, these are the steps that I would take if I were you to mitigate that risk. Oh, yeah. So good. And what are your thoughts around like just being safe with technology? I mean, <clears throat> I think even just around like Instagram, I've had so many friends that have like that yeah. account taken over recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what is what is your advice around technology? For me, um, and a lot of folks will tell you this, passwords are useless. Um, you know, every time that there is a uh, breach, passwords are out there. Right. And so there's, um, you know, personally, uh, because I've worked for the federal government, the OPM database, the, the Office of Personnel Management's database, every federal employee there, it's been hacked numerous times. So, you know, the Chinese government probably has all my information. Um, so what I tell folks is two-factor two authentication on everything, especially social media accounts. It's going to be something that you're going to be using to run your business and keep your business up and running. You need to have two-factor authentication because the password doesn't matter. Password's going to get hacked. It's going to get leaked. People can guess passwords. They're not that hard. They're, they're actually pretty useless. Um, but two-factor authentication, you're going to have to have something in your hand at the time uh, that you're logging in. So if you enable that so that they're going to have to text you. They're going to have to send you some sort of code. Pay PayPal has gone to this largely. Um, most people, mm -hmm. instead of using their password now, will get that one-time code texted to them. So you're actually using the device that you're logging in from. Uh, it makes it much more secure. Uh, so definitely enable two-factor authentication if you haven't. Do everything that you can to provide them that information to help you unlock your account. A lot of people skip those steps when they sign up for their social media. And then three, four, five years later, when their account gets taken over, they don't they don't know what to do because they didn't bother to give that secondary phone number, the person you can call to verify, and they're screwed. I've seen people with you know 200,000 follower accounts just evaporate. So go in, take the time to do that, especially if you're building a business around social media. Um, and just know that everyone that you interact with and everyone that you uh, interact with online, especially as your accounts get bigger and you're marketing and using that account to bring people in, um, they're not always going to be customers. So just be vigilant about who you're doing business with and how much information you're sharing. What you put out there into the world is out there. Um, pictures of your kids, pictures of your license plate, pictures of your home, tagging geolocation where you are. It opens you up. There are times there's, there's good reason to do that for building your business and for marketing purposes, but just know the risk that you take when you tag, hey, I'm in wherever, and these people know you live in Scottsdale or whatever. Um, you know, you're opening up to 200,000 people or whatever your followership is, the fact that you're not at home, the fact that you're on vacation, the fact that you're somewhere else. So um, social media is an incredible tool, but how we use it uh, does open us up to risk. So being aware of that as an entrepreneur is huge. Gosh, it's, these are such good reminders because I mean, just recently, like I, you know, I'm setting up my accounts and I'm like, oh, it's so annoying. I got to put the code into, and sure. you know, you're just like looking at the inconvenience at the moment, but it's like how mm -hmm. much safer it makes everything is just so critical. Absolutely. Yeah. And getting, getting that temporary inconvenience out of the way, um, especially if you're using things like anything where you're using a bank, um, you know, get that get that code sent to you. Always have that two-factor authentication. If you're using social media, then you're going to be logging in from multiple different devices. Don't skip the small steps to, to secure that. Um, 
if you're logging in using public Wi-Fi, that's the other big thing. Um, avoiding using public Wi-Fi as much as possible, using a VPN when you can for something like 12 bucks a month or less, you can have a VPN on your phone and your laptop. It's going to scramble your IP address. It's going to protect some of your personal data. So doing little things like that, that are an inconvenience to online entrepreneurs um, can really save you a lot of hassle uh, further on down the road. And that's kind of my, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nerd like that. So that's kind of where I come in and tell people like eat your vegetables. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, time to have your vitamins. You know. It's so good. And just like with your background, it's so incredible. And in just what you can bring to like entrepreneurs to help them with this. So I know we talked a little bit about like the different ways that you can come in and help an entrepreneur, like through HR yeah. and onboarding and things like that. Do you have like various services that you're going to launch in terms of the different ways they can work with you? Sure. Yeah. And we're, um, you know, officially, I, I've got everything ready to go officially when I step away in, in February from my job. Uh, I can't essentially do anything until I've, I've stepped away from my full-time job. So, um, but I do have the system set up and everything's in place. So if you want to check out the website, it's www.secure-entrepreneur.com. Um, you can follow me on, on Instagram at the secure entrepreneur. And I have a link tree on there that kind of links to what I offer. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to offer packages for essentially um, entrepreneurs that are new into the marketplace under a half a million dollars earners, um, maybe a handful of uh, contractors, a handful of full-time W-2 employees, and then uh, a little bit more high-touch product for people that are a little bit higher uh, in terms of the revenue, in terms of the number of people that they're working with. And then for folks that are in the higher ranges, probably folks like Chris and Lori um, that need somebody who's a little bit more involved in their business in a fractional type CSO, chief security officer type position, um, we would do custom packages for that. Uh, also anticipate offering quite a few courses this year, just many courses and masterminds for, for entrepreneurs to get a, a taste of, um, you know, ways to fraud proof your business and how you can, uh, how you can do a better job of, of, of mitigating risk. So we'll be offering quite a few things uh, through the social media channels. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to see like, and watch your journey with your business. I just think it's so unique and so needed. And, um, do you have, so I know we've talked about so many different tips. You gave so many great pieces of advice. If there was like one thing right now, you would say to the entrepreneur, go do this to be safe. What would you pick? Uh, be vigilant. Um, I, I think that's the, if something sounds too good to be true, it typically is. So I, I tell people take a breath and slow down. Um, you know, there's nothing that is so urgent, um, that it can't wait until tomorrow in terms of, you know, a deal that you're being offered, something that someone is bringing to you. Uh, and if it feels wrong, it, you know, oftentimes I, I had this conversation with my dad actually recently, um, he was selling something on, uh, this, <laughs> <laughs> my dad has, uh, he's got a moose hanging in the garage. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like. <laughs> 20 years ago, he, he shot this moose and it's like, what am I going to do with this thing? Right. As they're, as they're kind of starting to downgrade it as they get older. And so he puts this thing up for sale and he starts getting these people reaching out to him. And of course it's all, um, you know, people offering to pay in advance and pay shipping and this, that, and the other thing. And he, you know, was like, wow, that's a really good deal. And was kind of going back and forth with these people and he pumped the brakes and he called me and he said, am I wrong to think that this is you know, this is too good to be true. And I was like, yeah, stop interacting with that person. That guy's in Nigeria. This is what's going on. I kind of explained the scam to him and why they were doing what they were doing and how it was going to end up with him holding the bag on a hot check and, and all this stuff. And, um, 
you know, it, it was that moment of clarity that like, wait a second, I'm getting a text message from somebody who won't pick up the phone and talk to me. They want to interact by text message. He says he's in South Carolina, but I looked up the area code and it's coming from Colorado. So that doesn't feel right. And, you know, some of these words in this, this text exchange are, are written in a way that's not American English. It strikes me as maybe, you know, foreign based or a different way of speaking. Those little things, those gut feelings you get when you're dealing with someone as, as an online entrepreneur, listen to those things, listen to those things, pump the brakes, do your research, call someone like me, DM me, text me, whatever, say, hey, is this real? Uh, and I'll be happy to, I'll be happy to, to point you in the right direction. But uh, that's my greatest tip is don't get pressured into something. Don't fall for a high pressure sales technique. Um, because a lot of times that that's just the opening that the scammer needs. They're getting you under the ether and they're manipulating your psychology to get you on board. And they're pushing that urgency. They're pushing that scarcity, the same sort of stuff that salespeople are going to push. Yeah. And when a scams like this happen, like what is your advice on how to report it? Yeah, uh, for sure. Thanks for asking that. Um, the so a lot of folks will go to their local PDs and their local PDs are like, look, there's nothing we can do. This is, you know, most likely based out of Cameroon, based out of Nigeria, based out of India, based out of Jamaica, um, you know, based out of Ukraine. Like there's all sorts of different hallmarks of these of these types of scams. Um, but federally, um, if you go to your local PD, that they they're going to run into jurisdictional issues almost immediately, right? The money that you you pay to these people. Uh, is going to end up, you know, three states away or overseas or wire transfers or whatever. It's going to disappear very quickly. If you want to, you can go on to the FTC website, um, which is set up for this reporting. It's called uh, Consumer Sentinel. So you can go to FTC.gov, which is the Federal Trade Commission.gov, and you can file a complaint with the Consumer Sentinel Network. And what that is, is this kind of a national database where you can file these complaints. And guys like me, or, you know, soon to be retired, but guys, uh, you know, in my position, will come in and actually review those things and conduct federal investigations where they can cross state lines and they can follow these things and they can, they have a better chance of getting you some justice. Um, there's a similar database set up with the FBI called uh, the Internet Criminal Complaint Center, and that is www.ic3.gov. And it's a similar reporting database and that goes to the FBI and guys, like, again, guys like me have the option to go through that database and find uh, information and chase these these criminals down. Um, I've been very fortunate. I've traveled as far away as Singapore to arrest somebody and bring them back wow. to the United States to face justice. Uh, my team in Houston for the last five, six years, that has been our thing, is going out, reaching out and touching someone and putting people behind bars uh, who commit these types of crimes. We had a very specific task, but I always caution people, you're going to get a lot more justice than restitution. The second you give money to somebody, um, you know, who's a scammer over the phone, over the internet, you can probably say goodbye to that money because it's going to pass through five different hands and be gone before someone like me can track it down. Um, somebody may end up doing some time eventually on the back end, but that's cold comfort when you're out 30, 40, 50,000. Yeah, I was just going to so, ask you that, like how, um, you know, do you see people getting their money back very often, but you just answered that. <laughs> sometimes, uh, yeah. sometimes we're lucky. And uh, sometimes, you know, I've had the, the good fortune of uh, cutting off shipments, you know, somebody um, called me up, you know, about a year or so ago during the pandemic, these, these sorts of crimes have gone through the roof because the elderly are home, they are cut off, they're answering the phone, they're lonely. And so these telemarketer scammers are, are kind of taking advantage of that. Um, and I was fortunate enough that, um, a friend of a friend knew what I did for a living and their mother fell victim to one of these telephone scams and they were able to 
through you know mutual associates call me and i was able to stop the package at a fedex facility in houston before it got to its intended destination so that was thirty five thousand dollars cash that we were able to reach out and stop um i would say for the hundreds of victims i have i've probably been able to interdict no more than a dozen uh yeah. person's money so uh you know recovered maybe you know a couple hundred thousand dollars out of 300 million that i've seen walk out the door so it it's very rare uh unfortunately. yeah this question just popped in my head but when entrepreneurs are taking you know legitimate payments from their clients is there any yeah. advice around like payment specific payment processing or anything in that area that makes sense to talk about i mean there's a lot of different um software as a service that that are trusted and and that uh i think are are good systems to use i'm hesitant to recommend any yeah. specific one depending on what people's um specific needs are within their business i always tell people don't you know take payment from your clients and venmo and paypal and uh you know and that sort of thing but um set up one of those software as a service my wife uses stripe um and okay. she's you know very happy with that a, a lot of people use that um the biggest issue i think is sending personal information through email, sending personal information through through your Slack channels, things of that nature, uh, that's gonna open you up to liability, that's gonna open you up if that stuff does get hacked, if that stuff gets stolen, that puts you on uh, on the hook for handling that personal information improperly. Um, there are things like Dropbox and other sort of secure portals that you can pay for access to where you can upload your contracts, upload your personal information. I would highly recommend taking advantage of those services because that's gonna alleviate those liability concerns when you're pushing information out among employees in the slack channels that's that's not good <laughs> yeah oh my gosh this christopher this has been just so packed full of value i could just talk to you forever you have so many like stories that i'm sure are so interesting and um this is i'm just really excited for our community to hear this yeah. and, and really learn from you and keep their business safe is there anything else that you want to share before we go yeah um again uh check me out on social media if you'd like uh, my my personal instagram is at team underscore healy my wife is at my coach lacy we're both in the health and, health and fitness uh side of things and then at the secure entrepreneur is the business um one cool thing that uh i'm looking forward to is in june uh campsite media is producing a podcast about the irs scam and um my team was responsible for investigating and indicting over 60 people in the US and India uh, who were involved in that IRS wow. scam back in 2016. And they're gonna tell the story in a 10 part serial podcast about how that happened, how we ended up bringing the guy home from Singapore that was responsible for all that. So uh, I don't know what the title is gonna be yet. Um, it's still in production, but we're really excited about that and, and looking forward to, uh, um, to getting that out there because that's hopefully gonna educate some folks on, uh, on what they're facing when, these, when they get these telephone calls. Oh my gosh, that's super exciting. And I'll that's keep June, an eye out. June of 2022. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to update the episode yeah. with those yeah. notes. And then I'll have to do a little like feature of it again. Um, so people sure. can watch that because that's like congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, looking, looking very much looking forward to getting that story out there and, and having folks uh have the opportunity to to learn a little bit. We figured uh the number of downloads that you get on one of those types of podcasts really does make a difference in terms of um you know, in terms of educating people. So hopefully, hopefully some folks tune in. Yeah. Oh.
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to connecting with you soon and good luck with ending your career and moving on to entrepreneurship. (laughs) I'm excited. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Event of Brush and in our private Facebook group where we continue this conversation. All of these details are listed in the episode notes. Your time is valuable and I appreciate that you spent it with me.